It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You're listening to the best of the wise men here on the Fox News Podcast Network. What it is, this is the three wise men with Tyrus and an all-star cast and Aaron uh, today to talk about the world that we, we work in. But again, Cousin Trevor, thank you for being in attendance tonight. NWA yes, former world heavyweight champion uh, Trevor Murdoch. We have uh, actor, philosopher, philanthropist, <laughs> uh, former WWE icon, a Rye, Kevin Kyrie's in the house, Boston you, grad. All right. Very and um, introduction. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Aaron was, oh, is also with us now. today. Aaron oh. is, for those of you who don't know, is a he a one time recipient of Money in the Bank, WWE multi character. Uh, I think he's had about five, four gimmicks successful, as we call gimmicks. Yep. In the WWE, grabbing, grabbing the brass ring gimmicks that should yes, have been clearly without like permission, and uh, right, <laughs> and uh, Aaron uh, is also an NWA superstar as well. Uh, actually, <laughs> big former big announcement: champion. former national champion, former tag team champion with Kratos, Junior Kratos. Who we hope to have on the show sometime. Matter of fact, that was probably one of my more favorite tag teams to watch. And uh, you know, hopefully that uh, that that team is not is not finished because uh, you two guys are extremely physical and entertaining. I enjoyed watching uh, as a fan and of the I sport. Loved it was great. So, in that, every one of us has played different characters except for Trevor Murdoch. He's just basically been, <laughs> uh, you know, first as we established last time. You know, straight to TV, just one gimmick. Yeah. This guy's just got it. You know, he's just got it. So, with the exception of him. My special guest today that we'll all get a chance to uh, pick his brain a little bit uh, is the one only Godfather. So, uh, oh, Papa Shango. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So, uh, step your game up. He's going to be joining us. And then I think we'll – and then we always talk about re- what's else going on in the world besides what's going on in the ring. And I think no one better than wrestlers gets a feel for what's going on in America – I think we'll talk a little bit, and I'm interested to hear what uh, the Godfather says about Elon Musk's recent email to his uh, employees, basically get your ass to work and uh, see what you guys think about that because nobody honestly works harder than we do. I mean, in terms of having to be at work, if you're going to do, if you're going to be a a professional wrestling athlete, it's 300 days, whether you're, it's 300 days, period. And um, the, the Godfather he is from he's been from all errors, honestly, and he's still relevant today. He could walk out today on any any show and they're gonna go nuts. I mean, that's just oh, no doubt. Yeah, and uh, uh we would all pop. We would all pop. We all, yeah, we I popped just when uh he, he threw shade on me a couple weeks ago and uh, you know, uh, for me <laughs> he was one of the first wrestlers that I like, hey, he kinda looks like me. I like this guy. And uh I can remember Playing the video game, Papa Shango, I always picked him. He had that backbreaker finish. So uh, he and he's been it was a so breaker, I think, right? yeah, but he's been so many successful characters in this sport. Really, he he could give. I can't think of that many people because nation of domination. 
He was the backbone of that. Yep. Right to censor, backbone of that. Yep. Shango. I mean, Shango gave you nightmares. Uh, yeah. You know, and then comma. and then like, comma, comma, yeah. And then when he, I remember him when I used to play home sick and um, watch global wrestling, and I always get the it's not Dark Angel, but it was uh, something something like that. I always forget the name. I hate that, but uh, I was paying attention to him then. So he's been at a high level in this business, and I've never heard uh, bad words said about him in terms of guys in the ring. Not fake stuff you hear on TV or you know all that stuff because that's not what we're about. So uh, I'm excited to have him on. So. Uh, have your questions ready because we're going to get a little chance. And this is what I'm going to try to do. We'll bring in legends and just, you know, see what they think of what's going on today. Uh, I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see what he has to say. But uh, last time we all got together, the topic of being fired, uh, I, I never <laughs> thought I'd have so much fun talking about it. <laughs> you know? Well, we, we went from both ends. We were talking about how we got hired and then how we got fired. Like, you know, we gave them – the whole spectrum. Yeah. And I'm still kind of like Trevor only got fired and hired by the finest. Oh, like that is just, un- Christ, I man. mean, just be, ha- I mean, it's amazing. It's we an amazing gotta, thing. We got to let this go. We were just discussing that. We always remember the weather, right? Yes. It's always, yes. it's always, it's always sultry. 77 degrees. Yes. Not a cloud in the sky. Part, part, yeah. <laughs> this guy. And then, yeah, there's there's levels to, to being let go in, in, oh, I'm, I'm, in I'm, the WWE and the entertainment business. So I'm kind of yeah. glad you brought this up because I was thinking on my off time, what a great question would be um, to all of us, to each one of you guys is what do you what do you what would you have changed or maybe better yet? Like, what do you think was the deciding factor that got you let go and what would you have changed? Go ahead, Aaron. I'd love to hear this. Well, mine was, um, it was after, uh, it was WrestleMania in Dallas, I remember. And it was the Raw after that. And I pretty much went to Mark Carano um, because I I did this thing with, um, it was in the Battle Royal. They had kept me off TV for probably like nine months. And I was doing a thing with Big Show and Shaq. And I was specifically instructed, when I do this, do not show charisma. It's not about you you know, you're in there so Shaq can throw you out. And I remember I slid in, I stood up, and, um, you know, it got the reaction it got, and Shaq threw me out, they booed him. I got to the back, no one would even look me in the face. Yeah. And um, it was like, okay, you know what? Because the reaction was insane. And I'm not trying to sound whatever. No, but no, was, no. Was, Being, I, hey, I, hey, let, let me stop you right there. The one thing that this this is also, it feels like a weekly therapy session. <laughs> we, but you Process need to. Process fired though is good therapy now. No, no, I mean, it, is, it is. It is. But yeah. you, you have to <laughs> accept the fact that you were over. You don't. You have to. One of the things you do, Aaron, that drives me crazy, is every time you Sandow was over. Period. Over. Over. There's. You need to stop and, saying apologizing for being over. And the thing sometimes has to be said. The powers that be cannot always control who is over, who the fans, when we say over, who the fans fall in love with. Whether they hate you or love you, they have a reaction. They're passionate about you. When you came out, and I and I think Sandow was the best you. You've had a lot of you. Without you, Because it was just you. It was you yep. with a robe, but it was you. You yep. sanctimonious, arrogant, know-it-all, with a touch of cowardice. It is 
you. Oh, so beautiful. So when you talk about yourself, we got to get past the well. I apologize because that's still you trying to appease them, and they they don't control you anymore. So of course the crowd, of course the crowd went nuts. You took then you were a bodyguard, Ms. Dow, where you basically were making a mockery of Ms. and getting him over at the same time. You were stole stuck. Guy. It was phenomenal. Let's just be honest, it stole the show completely from Miz. Yeah, and, 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 and Miz is a star. No, yeah, Miz 100%. is a bona fide star. And that worked again. It took two of us to do that. Like to, to Miz's credit, right? But, timing and everything, but no, like. Tell your story without apologizing for being great, and we, we, I will not interrupt you again. But every time you no, apologize, right. I'm going to interrupt you. All right, so I agree with what you said, and thank you. But what happened was I had just kind of hit this, this point to where I said there's nothing more I can do. Like, everything they have given me, I have taken my skill set, and I have kind of, you know, said, all right, I think this is what people would react to. And I, I kind of scientifically, um, when I put a character together, um, it, there's definitely a, like a method to it. And when they keep kind of handing you things and then they keep you off TV and then they say, again, don't show personality. Like I just knew like, all right, they're viewing me as just a body. So I could either get the paycheck, stay comfortable. Um, or I could say, you know what? I trust enough in myself to go out there and try something different. So I asked Toronto, I go, Mark, I'm not happy here. Please let me go. He said no. And then two weeks later, they did it with like five or six other people. And uh, yeah, that was, that was why I got let go. I, I, just, well, I couldn't. Well, how, how confusing is it to that your whole job that you've been trained to do, as we all were, was to go out and get attention. Then once you've done that and done your job the best that you could, Somebody comes to you and says, go out there and don't get attention. Like, I, I just think that that's, that's a, you know, that's a very confusing space to be in, right? When, uh, when that is technically your job and, and you were doing it well. And then, and then you kind of get put in a position where it's, uh, well, just don't do your job that well tonight. And that's their you know? fault yeah. because right. they it's took you away just- for nine. They took you away from, for TV you show up at, and come out for a rumble and they go nuts because they haven't seen yeah. you. You know, if they don't, yeah. if, and that's impossible unless you were never over. If you were a product of the system and you go away and you show up and you can hear somebody in the crowd go, I like that guy. That's not, that's not a good day. You know, that's not a good no. day. And, you know, to answer Trevor's question, mine was easy. Aaron could tell you that. Once my match got canceled at Mania, I didn't trust anyone. I remember that. I was bitter, mad, didn't give – I gave zero about anything you were telling me. They'd say, good morning, what's good about it? You know, know, my whole thing, I came up with that catchphrase, maintaining, because I just did not want to talk to anybody anymore. Uh, You screwed me over. uh, So I – you know, and that was my mindset. And and I – could I have handled it better? A thousand percent. But – I at that point was just anything they said to me, I was looking at them sideways. And those who were around me got to see, you know, ARI, even, you know, the whole one at one point, guys were talking about their I future. Think we had a convers- and- we had a, yeah, well, we had a conversation, I, I believe, backstage <laughs> after that. And yeah, that was, you know, that's a tough, right? No, I remember. You know, and, 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 and it wasn't yeah. like, you know, 
Triple H came up to me. Stephanie came up to me. You know, they were like, man, this, you know, was tough. Even CM Punk was like, hey, I'm sorry this happened, et cetera, et cetera. But it just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. WrestleMania for me, that was my match. Uh, I had been at WrestleMania's before, but I had yet to be in a match in the ring. And uh, so for me, that was just, it was uh, the beginning of the end, so to speak. But I would be sitting there and guys would be having conversations. And I did this to A-Rai one time. A-Rai was talking about life and this, that, whatever. And I just said, you know what, guys? Isn't life just too long sometimes? Wouldn't yeah, it be great yes, if we just had a button? Like, you, you can't maintain <laughs> success. It's impossible. It's too many peaks and valleys. I said life is Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing that you did. And, like, have you told a story about that? Because I was in that match, too. Like, that, that's, I think, one of the things. I mean, we were kind of tight before that. But, like, when you go through trauma like that, yeah. when it's 10 seconds and you're about to walk through the curtain at WrestleMania and you have your family there, and it's this right. big, like, culmination of a year's worth of hard work and every live event every you know everything you do and then they just stand up and say oh sorry and right it was the i mean and, and i say this because from my perspective like everyone has a reaction there there uh, i'm not going to name names but you know one person started kicking a road case there were people crying one guy started politicking for an office job and said hey it's going to be great we're going to do it on raw tomorrow and brodus it, it was literally he was at the curtain and he just, when this happened, again, simultaneously, you have these reactions. He just didn't about face walk, but he walked yeah. out of the arena, which I think is something that we need to examine how he just. Yeah, I strolled out. out. I, I strolled out. As big, as big and tough as we're supposed to be, that kind of is heartbreaking. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is. There's no yeah. other way to put it. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, because, it's, because it's really nothing like you did. You know, it's just, it, it was, uh, you know, I don't know what the reason they gave you for, if it was a time issue. Or uh, Taker and that. Punk went over 10 minutes. They went 15, yeah. almost 15 and, minutes over. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to get too personal, but I mean, I, you know, you should still get paid, right? I mean, if, if that's, because that's, really, that's, that's our, that's our job. That's another you know, thing. And, and, you and don't I'm, get paid because yeah. you don't have the match. Right. Well, there you go. And you, there you, you disappear from history. So you're not even in the right. DVD in the back, you know what I'm saying? And, and we were featured. Yep. So, yeah. you know, and again, it goes back to, and I'm not throwing shade on anybody in the office. I'm not, right. you know, I'm not a right. uh, taker, little bit, little bit, but yeah. um, because you didn't need it. You're a taker. You know what I'm saying? Right. Punk didn't right. need it. Agreed. They didn't Agreed. need it. Yeah. And, and, and taker has so many mo- WrestleMania moments. He probably has forgotten more than we've seen. So from no that standpoint, you know, I'm like, because if, if if we would have done that to somebody else, he would have been the first one waiting for us to be like, how selfish, you know. But anyway, it ain't about him either. But um, for me, it is it is very similar. It's like coming home from work and you're seeing your, your girl on the table with your brother. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way to describe it. And it's not even the affair so much as it's where you have your meal of food. It's where you have your conversations. You raise your children. You, you open your mail. It's the it's the family, the kitchen table. You know, it's you. And then then you find out that your your brother's been raising your children under his moral code while you're at work. It's a complete <laughs> it's a complete defamation <laughs> of, of who you are. I think that's the best way to describe it. And then you have to the next day turn it on. And for me, it just I just could not I did not mentally at the time of my life, 
I did not have the ability to just what you need to do in this business, in this sport, is have a short memory. You got to have a short memory. Right. And I couldn't let it go. Now, it became entertaining in the back because I was literally, I had, a, I had an issue with everything and I no longer cared about not saying what was on my mind. Like the whole thing where I said to A-Ride, wouldn't it be great if there was a button you could push? Like, and new champion of the world. Well, it's not going to get any better than this. Thank you for your time. Push the button. I'm out. You can't maintain, you just can't maintain success, eh, right? It's impossible, you know? And uh, so, I mean, that was that. I mean, there was, we guys would give speeches for uplifting. You know, Big Show gave this speech about (laughs) Uner sticking together because we had a a thief, supposed thief in the locker room. Uh, Someone, somebody lost their wedding ring. Hey, no one's, no dude stealing a wedding ring, okay? But that's a good story for the wife. But anyways, uh, you know, so we're missing some jewelry and, you know, then all of a sudden, mysteriously, an iPad came up missing or whatever. And so there was a whole locker room thing about, you know, when Big Show gave a speech, you know, about we're all together and team and this, that, whatever. And uh, as soon as he finished, I just stood up and said, I don't know about y'all, but you watch yours. I'm watching mine. I'm out for self deuces. Have a nice day. You know, there, you know, and that was just that was just who I was at that point. You know, the exact quote, the exact quote was Show said what he said. There was about. Two to three seconds of silence, and it was F that every man for himself. You watch yours, I watch mine, homie. I will never forget that. Yep. That's exactly what you said. Enough said. And I so, to say way. to say, Trevor, that I didn't handle it well would probably be have been an understatement. And that's something well, that uh you you I'm have assuming, to have a short memory. And I was I'm, unable to do so and became when it came out to do business in the ring, I, I did business, but uh, doing business behind backstage, I was I couldn't do it anymore. I just well, the explanation sure wasn't was good enough for me. And this not only when you miss WrestleMania launches your next year, Monday Night Raw launches right. your next year, and when that's yeah. off, and then you come out and you don't have a great performance on Monday, which again had nothing to do necessarily with what me and Tenzai were trying to do, and the crowd knows you got cut, so they're a bunch of you know, and they're they're basically on you, so. It's just it spirals down from there. Now you have no friends. Everyone who talks to you has got an angle. The office sees that when you walk in, you don't say hi anymore. You know, you just you you become just jaded. And I was extremely jaded and I wasn't able and I didn't have anything necessarily positive in my home life at the time either. I had a lot of turmoil. I was dealing with fatherhood and I didn't necessarily embrace it at first. So there was a lot of things going on outside of the ring that was a contributing factor. So I don't blame, and I talk about this in my in my book, I don't ever blame anybody for my, it's bad things happen. It's your reaction that you're judged by. And my reaction uh, in the WWE was terrible. So I'm judged by that moment. So me being eventually let go had a lot to do with that. And I even can, and A-Rai was, A-Rai was in my ear. He was in the meetings at NXT when they were like, we got to relaunch Brodus. We got to get him going. This guy's too good to be sitting at home. But my attitude was so just, I didn't believe anything. a would be like, hey, bud, you know, keep working because we would see each other in the gym. And a was always a positive guy. Even with all the crap he was going through, he would he didn't show it. Like, you would never see – a would always have a laugh, even though you'd be like maybe he was crying on the inside. But his business face was always positive. That's my go-to. Yeah, That's but my you, go-to yeah and my, I'm, my I'm business giving, face is <laughs> quite different. It's quite different. You know, right. I'm basically looking right. at everybody like, what? You want what you need, you know? You're listening to The Three Wise Men, and we'll be right back after this. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Here's the thing. It was real. And when there is a business that is predicated upon these, I'll say it, stupid rules that you know, we're a publicly traded company, but it's the largest mom and pop shop in the world because ultimately every single decision can come down to one human being who has his opinion swayed by a bunch of like these stooges that are so scared of losing their job that it inhibits them from actually doing their job. And you know something? That was a crappy environment. And, and, and I'll say this because, again, I don't plan on ever going back to the WWE. Um, and there was a lot of positives. Like we can all talk. If it wasn't for WWE, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And they've, yeah. they've each given right. all of us so much. So I'm not trying to be negative about WWE, but the culture backstage, it's literally, I, I equate that to like carnival culture because it's like, well, on one hand, be a star, don't bully people, don't bully people. But then the chairman of the board will sit everybody down and say, you need to step on toes and stab people in the back to get ahead. And I need someone to grab the brass ring. I, I almost wanted to go to him and say, are you serious? Like, what do you want me to do? So I have to, I have to compromise my own integrity and right. my code of morals yeah. just yeah. to get ahead here when I'm getting a better reaction and they're chanting my name when your world champion is in the ring. I don't think so. And that, that's one thing, man. I think we all manage to escape there with our souls, if you believe right. we have souls. Our, our, I, know. Our, I, don't, I, I know you may not subscribe to that but i'm a believer in that yeah i, I believe we got it <laughs> so, and we all know and i think we all came out more experienced more you know weathered to what we're what we're willing to put up with and what we're not willing to put up with and it it ultimately brought us all to the nwa right and and it's we're at a locker room and i, I was talking to kevin about this before the show that locker room in the NWA is what I believe we've all wanted. You know what I mean? Com- camaraderie, no, no horse. Everybody straightforward, helping out young guys, helping out each other, all with a common goal. Um, when you have that work environment, when you have that job to go to, you get excited about work. You get excited about what you're going to do. And you also get excited about wanting to help another person. Because that's the gimmick. It's all about helping each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And what's cool is for the – and they're still the pain-in-the-ass guys. It's just that we outnumber them. So they're easy, yes. to, they're easy to pick out, and everyone <laughs> right. has a good laugh. When you watch somebody politic in the room, you're like, this f-ing guy. Look at him. Yeah. Look at yeah. him, you know. And uh, because they – sometimes they, you know, sometimes they – what they see and what they think is the way to get there, they try to emulate. You know, and they try to like form little clicks and stuff, and we're just ninety nine point nine percent of our locker room just doesn't have time for that. You know, we're all trying to put we're all trying to put the, forward the best performance we can, and uh, you know, and and if all of us succeed, it's better for everybody. So we really yes. don't have time for that one guy or gal who's like trying to move ahead behind the scenes. We just you know, and now it's because we've all grown. Now, when we see it, it's it's laughable. You almost get, you know, you yeah. almost laugh at, at the situation. And you know, Trevor, your your career was very different in the sense, but you had to deal with. I think our our error when we came in 
especially dealing with the workload. We we had the workload. I think you're you're during your time. I think you had such a longer work schedule. I think you guys just never stopped. We, like we had. I think we got two days off, solid two days off, and uh, yeah. you guys had like one. I think. I mean, you just. It seemed like you were always working. Well, we were, and the you know, the good the good thing about the time that when I was there was there was. I could be on every house show and only do a couple minutes on TV, but still make a really good living. House shows where the money's at. Yeah, that's where, you know, and, and honestly, from a a wrestler standpoint, the house shows were the funnest because you got to go out there and, and do you, you know what I mean? Do what you were brought there for. Whereas when you got to TV, it's about the clock. Yes, and you didn't want to step on someone else's toes that might be doing something similar to what you do. And so for me, that's like, I was really happy. Like, okay, if you guys aren't going to push me as long as you're going to keep me working, I'm okay with that. But um, I didn't have the connection with the office that I I probably should have or that would have helped me out career-wise. That's everybody, it, it was great to go from the independence to TV and be world champion, but I hadn't built any of those relationships that I needed to really kind of find out what direction to go to, who to talk to. Um, I was really out there on my own and every, I would go to writers. They would always blame somebody else about why we weren't on TV or why we weren't listening. Um, until one day we just got pissed. Like Lance and I got mad and I was like, let's just track down bitch. I want to talk to him right now. I don't care. And he was sitting and catering by himself one of the very few times. Um, and Cade and I just, quote, unquote, we tag teamed him, sat on one side. I sat on the other. And we're like, you know, you're not putting us on TV. We want to know why. And he looked at Lance at the time. Lance had black hair. And he goes, I, uh, I hate your fake black hair. And he looked at me. I was a little bit pasty. He goes, and I hate your pasty white skin. Oh, damn. We go, okay, we can fix that. Sure enough, next week, Lance has got fried blonde hair. <laughs> and I have got the thickest sprayed on tan that you could possibly think of. And sure enough, we were on TV um, the next the next six, seven weeks. And that's where I like, that's how my kind of situation, that's how my kind of program went. It was up and down. I just, I didn't know how to navigate some of the pathways and uh, it just got to a point where at the end, you know, I, I didn't talk to the right people when, when it was time for cuts. I didn't, I didn't know it. I didn't see it coming. Again, I got let go on July 3rd and got the whole, you know, creative doesn't have nothing for you. I think ultimately yeah. my, my biggest problem was I didn't have the, the relationships <laughs> I needed to continue my job. Yeah, that's what, that's what I regret. I, I think I should have gone to Vince more. You know what I mean? Like when gotten, gotten more, you know, I don't want to say more frustrated, but, but had more questions and gone right to him more and asked him, you know, why am I not being used specifically, you know, and, and kind of really tried to form that relationship with him. I do regret that. And then towards, towards the end of my career, I always wondered with Sandow, like you reinvented yourself so many times. And I, when I kind of shifted away from the gimmick, right, that I had as the varsity villain, and then they, they moved me to Miz, 
after that, when I lost steam, I, I believe I was having kind of a hard time, like truly reinventing myself. Right. And I always wondered, is it, does it now, does it take more talent to get massively over once, or does it take more talent to, to keep reinventing yourself? You know what? And that's a great question. Uh, Who better to ask that question, A-Rye, than I think, in my opinion, the king of getting a gimmick over. I mean, yes, this brother, sir. he could be right to censor. He could be the super pimp. Papa Shango, I mean, that, come, I mean, scary, he turned yeah. the urn into a chain, man. He made it cool. So, <laughs> I mean, if there was – you know, you see guys get in the Hall of Fame for different factions, you know, like, you know, Flair's in with the horsemen and he's in for himself. I would like to see Shango in. I would like to see Karma in Godfather because yeah. they were all if they were individual people, they would all be they would all be getting the same knot. It, it, do you guys yep. do you guys feel me on that? Totally. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I gotta make a correction. When I was inducted in 2016. They, they went with Godfather, but Kama, Papa Shango, uh, Kama Mustafa, and the Right to Censor Goodfather were all uh, kind of chain-linked in with that, and they were all inducted. If but you look we should have got different ceremonies year, for each one, man. We should have got a party for each nah, one. Well, yeah, I hope they gave you five rings. Yeah, you get five rings, I, right? I, I probably look at things a lot different than you guys, but uh, I have a feeling that uh, – that, uh, the nation of domination will make its way in there sooner or oh, later. Oh, yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> plus, I don't want five rings. What the hell? I ain't no basketball player. I don't want no five rings. Man, <laughs> it, 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 makes, it makes for a good photo. It makes for a good photo. You know, Booker T walked around five times, five times forever. Yeah. Uh, five yeah. times. How, that would be a record. But uh, first of all, man, thanks for thanks for coming on today. And I don't know if you heard A-Rye's question, but – you know, what we're basically talking about today is reinvent how you reinvent yourself. And like I said, I can't think of a, a star who did it at a high level better than you did uh, across the board. I, I'm really I really tried to rack my mind. I mean, guys maybe sometimes did it twice. You right. know, yeah. uh, you know, Mick Foley, obviously, uh, you know, with mankind. But you, you still knew it was Mick Foley. You know what I'm saying? Like, whereas you completely reinvented yourself. Congratulate you on your book, man. Oh, well thank done. you. Well thank done. you. Appreciate Congratulations it. Congratulations on that. Uh, man, my, my story is so much different than everybody else's because I never started off as a wrestling fan. I'm older than most of the guys. I'm 61 now. But uh, I was in the roller derby, bro. Back in the day, roller derby. Oh, back in, yes, in, sir. In Northern California, roller derby was bigger than wrestling. And so I was never really a wrestling fan. When I did get into wrestling, I, although I respect the business, love the business, made money in the business, but I was never a fan of it. I was more a fan of the boys. And I, and I got into wrestling because I was this crazy biker dude with a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> and I wanted to be around crazy people just like me, man. And back then, you know, everybody was bigger back then and everybody was more, I should say a little crazier maybe back then. And, uh, we had a lot of fun, and for me, it was fun. I always had a uh, strip club in in Vegas called Cheetahs. I was one oh, of the owners there. of Been Access. there a few times, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of the owners. We sold it four years ago, but uh, I always had money coming in, bro. So when they would reinvent me because if it, if I wasn't having fun, I would leave. It wasn't about ah, business; it was about fun. Yeah. And yeah. so when I was Papa Shango, I went through a really ugly divorce, 
And I became, I wasn't Charles anymore. I became this guy they call Bear, who's a whole different guy right. that we try to keep locked up. And so they would call me to get me to come back. And I'd be like, nah, I don't want to come back. And they'd call me and I'd say, nah, I don't want to come back. And then they said, well, I tell you what, if you come back, we want to do this ultimate fighting thing. And um, they got this guy named Kimo. We're going to kind of go off of that. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. And they said, we'll let you ride a Harley. And when they said that, I'm like, oh, I'm in now. But yeah, that's why it, it was, you know, the only the character I think that got over the most was Godfather. And uh, that's because it was just me and it was my wife's idea. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't Vince's idea. It was my wife's idea to do that gimmick. So, I mean, I tried hardest at everyone, but, you know, I was pretty lucky. It's funny, Tyrus, because today people will look and say, I didn't know you were Papa Shango. Or I didn't know you were in the Nation of Domination with The Rock. And I'm like, dude, you know how many black guys look like this, you know? <laughs> Bro, and that was one of the things that uh, when a younger guy, you were one of the first wrestlers I saw, like, hey, he kind of looks like me. He could be a cousin of mine. So uh, that was one thing that I identified with. And you're right, because even though Papa Shango has the same tattoos as everybody else, it was when you came back, it – I figured it out quick because I was a I was a fan of it, but um, they're all different because you didn't really you once you became something new you didn't go back to the other one. I would say yeah. though it is nice and this is this is awesome to hear when they need you more than you need them. It's a completely different experience when you are in a situation where one they can't dangle a paycheck over your head because you're making money. Nope. So they can't say, "Hey, guess what? You're going to do this and this this week." And you're like, "You know, actually, I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna right. take my ball and go home, and I'll call me when uh, you know I feel like doing it again." So that in itself uh, is is awesome and an amazing story because so very few athletes who are in this not just wrestling, football, basketball, baseball rarely get in a position to where they can call their own shots. So, right. um, and that is 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 great and interesting to hear because that's what you should all atone to. You know, that's I've gotten myself mm-hmm. to now like if I don't want to wrestle, I'm be like, nah, I'm good. I'm You I'm still wrestle? wrestle? Oh yeah, I wrestle NWA. Yep. I'm the Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, you're big but you're young. NWA Nash undisputed national television champion. We hear it every time he comes on the program. Well, that, that, so that belt's a shoot. It's a yeah. shoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I whoop Pope's punk ass for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> who, who? The Pope. You beat who? Pope. Uh, oh, I thought you said Hulk. No, no. Uh, he he still. I'd still have to put him over. <laughs> Politics oh. ain't changed. Uh, oh, I just fuck ass. I just. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, I just that's an affectionate term for Pope. Uh, it's affection. Uh, oh, you know. I've donated enough to his charity, so I can say whatever <laughs> I want. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Billy Corgan's NWA when he started it, because I was with Impact for a little bit, and then once Fox started to get going, and I've never been a real big fan of the indie stuff. Uh, just right. like dealing with promoters, and it gets it gets annoying to me sometimes. And uh, I just nope. got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm doing so much. I'm making money in TV. I'm making money with Fox and movies and stuff. If it's not a right situation for me, then I'm not going to do it. And uh, that's the point. That's where you got to get. Yeah. And so, and then when uh, I met Billy 
in uh, TNT and I thought, or in Impact, and I was like, hey, man, uh, when he started running his own company, I just liked the way he did business. I liked the way he let the he let the boys run the show in terms of you're the ones in the ring, you you figure it out, you know, and there was no uh, none of that stuff where you have somebody who's never spent a second in the ring telling you how to do things because I don't do well with that anyways. I also never did well with guys who call things in the back. Like if you tell me 7,000 moves you want to do out there, I'm going to be like, bruh. Uh, yeah, I'll see you out there, man. Uh, you know, you want to write yeah. it down in a piece of paper because I'm not gonna remember all that. I'll yeah. see you out there. I don't know how these young cats today. I mean, it seems like it's one big spot. If you would have hit me with all those spots back then, I would have said I would act like I was listening. Yeah, okay, yeah, we're gonna do that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I got out there, I would have just jumped, just started beating your ass. So there you, you know, go. Welcome to the world of Tyrus, because that's what I do. That's exactly what I do. It's been known yeah, for doing. Okay. Yeah. But what's messed up is when you when you kind of put a match together like that, and it's it's point A to point B. The sad part is, and like we all are going to, I think, agree with this, is it leaves no room for the magic to happen. To where when you're just in there kind of flowing and you're going to come up with something or something's going to happen that you can't plan that's going to resonate with the fans, that, in my opinion, is how you really get over. And that's how, like, as a character, you, and I always use this term, it's endear yourself to a crowd. No matter whatever character you're playing, they're invested in the dude that's playing the character because they know what they're going to get in terms of quality. Right, right. Yeah, because you never know what it's always something you never think about. You know, for me, it was talking back to because, you know, Vince is the boss was like, you never talk to the audience. And I was like, I really wasn't I at first wasn't feeling this Funkasaurus character. So I was trying anything I could do to get out of it without trying to get out of it. And the first thing I did was start talking to the crowd. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? and what I came out because they were expecting me to be. Uh, the monster that I was with Alberto, and I came out, you know, with the it's it, the Funkasaurus is basically a PG version of the Godfather. Let's not let's not get it twisted. So uh, they're pretty, they're pretty over there, yeah, Tyrus. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I didn't get to yep. dance with grown women. I dance with children. So, uh, <laughs> well, so I got a question. I, 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 I danced with Tyrus. Yes, you did. Uh, now, now you said your wife came up with that idea. Now, did she know it was going to go as far as it went? She just said, I was in the Nation of Domination. I was Kama Mustafa. The Rock now had kind of gone on his own thing. D'Lo and Mark Henry were a tag team. So my contract was coming up, and I said, you know what? I'm still having fun. So me and my wife just said, you know what? Let's just, let's don't make you a voodoo man, not an ultimate fighter, not a militant. Just be you. Just be you. And if, when people can see you, they're going to love you, man. And we just put it in pimp form because I've always been around those type of women. Right. And I'm really good around those type of women. And those women <laughs> seem to like me and listen to me. So uh, we just went with almost, it, man. And all that, almost I was, like a pimp. Almost like a pimp, right? Like bro. you got that. <laughs> hey, I, I, Simmons, he'll, he'll tell you like, hey, Godfather's full on them all. But <laughs> um it was just me, man. It was fun to be out there just being me. I was never scripted. They would give me a time and a finish. And nobody, I had nobody ever scripted me. I was allowed to say whatever I wanted. I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. And there was no checking it, man. It was whatever I did, I did. So I was having a lot of fun. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. 
you know, for me, one of the greatest entrances at, at WrestleMania, I think, was when you came out with Ice-T. I think that was oh, one yeah. of the coolest entrances of all time. And it was it was also a real good mainstream thing, I think, because, uh, you know, Attitude Era by far is probably the I would say the rock and roll area era of wrestling. That's when like it wasn't kids and families, you know, it was like a rock and roll concert. I mean, you guys yeah. you guys, I mean, from top to bottom, it didn't matter if you were the opening match or you no. know or the dark match, the whole place was going nuts. I mean, guys were making more money than ever. It even you guys even changed the way pay scale worked uh, in wrestling, but uh you know, Ice T, who's a, who's a cool dude and a straight shooter, but see I remember seeing y'all come out like that and I was like, "Man, that's that's how you're gonna do it, you know. Uh, uh, that was fun. Yeah, that, that was that was fun. A lot of moments like that. You know, in my case, I, I can't talk bad about the WWE because in my case, they've always been up front and straight with me. To this day, I'm still I've been, since 2003, I've been under a legends contract. They whatever reason, a, a really good friend of mine told me one time, not too long ago, that I've got a special place in Vince's heart, so I'm just going to go with that. Hey, and but, here's uh, and here's the real: they're always up front with you. Does you might yeah. not like what they're saying, and uh, you know when you do, and, and when you most athletes don't, and it's not it's in every sport. Don't you were in a situation where like a Drew Brees, when it came time for you to retire, you could step down, and right. you know they're like, man, we miss you. If you ever want to come back, not everyone gets that not everyone in the nfl gets to retire most get cut most get sent home wrestling is the same thing when they decide they're moving on at the end of the day it's a business now you might have emotional connections and we get that but at the end of the day if you're mad at them if you're upset with them you need to look at you because i always like i said i talked about my grandmother gave me that thing when you get hit in the mouth it's not who hits you it's your reaction that you're judged by and for the guys that are bitter with the business, look no further than yourself. During the time you had there, did you get over the best you can? Because here's the thing. If you did, if you're truly, if you're a star and you're talented, the WWE is just a vessel. (laughs) So you could turn that on, that charisma, that style, and other forms of entertainment if that's what you choose to do, or your work ethic and other things. So they told me, we didn't think you were going to be, we're not going to make you world heavyweight champ. I said, bet, I'm going to get over somewhere else. To the point where I'll be bigger than what you got. And that was my mindset. Right. I'll show you. And I've done that. So I could go back and say, man, you're wrong. You were wrong about me. Or if it wasn't for them lighting the fire, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So you you have to. And everyone, we all talked about last week on a show, we all talked about the, when we got fired. And now we can laugh and make jokes about it. Because <laughs> now you you have to. If you're still holding on to that, it's on you. I mean, it's on you. You know what? I don't think I was ever let go ever. Uh, Well, there you go, Trevor. Somebody beat you. (laughs) Even as the Godfather hold my beer. Yeah. When when they put me in the right to censor, I was done. And I'm like, I mean, when Vince told me I was doing that, I'm like, Vince, I'm out of here. I used to just go to Vince and say, I'm out of here, bro. And he would laugh at me. I'm like, I'm out of here. I ain't doing this. He goes, Charles, do me a favor. Uh, we're going to poke fun at this group. Uh, he goes, this and that, that and this. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm out of here as soon as I can. Then I made the mistake of telling The Undertaker, I'm out of here next week. So then I go to TV and they drop the straps on me and Bull. We beat the Hardy Boys <laughs> for the straps. 
Well, being that I'm a loyal dude, I ain't going to walk out on them. Yep. I was stuck there longer. But as soon as they got the straps off of me, then I was done. Because I wasn't having fun. It, and wrestling was changing. I didn't like the way it was changing. So it was time for me to walk away. And I just kind of walked away. And they're like, well, you want to do this? They call me. I say, no. You want to do this? I say, no. And it, uh, they just keep me on a Legends contract and keep me uh, – you know, and merchandise and stuff. And I'm cool with that. And uh, they're cool with me. But see, I was part of that group. When I came in, there was no social media. There was no laptops. There was right. no cell phones. They just came out with pagers. So Vince used to go out with us every night back in the day. And then when social media started coming out and people start taking pictures, uh, he stopped going out with us. But Vince would go out with me and take and some of us just about every night, man, doing our stuff. So... I'm part of a whole different little crew, which you is were, a good thing. You were you're part you're the last group of when the magic was still protected. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Internet killed a part of the bit. Now it's 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 formed in I think sometimes embracing something like that is the worst thing. I, I and that's one of the things that uh with the NWA that we we keep it the way it was supposed to be. And which is good. And I, I'm cool. Me and Aaron are are cool, but we're on the other sides of the squad, bro. I, I don't drive with you. I don't roll with you because you're on the wrong There's side no of need. the fence, Briz. So there's no need. No. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And and if we're on the if we're if we're both baby faces, then cool. <laughs> we'll, you know, cool. But your and I think that's why your era is so special because it showed when you protect the magic. How I don't think anything today will ever, and I'm in today, and I'm on my way out. But your error was the was the greatest it could be when you protect the magic. Well, we believed in kayfabe. I mean, I would wrestle Undertaker, and even though we would we roomed together for a long time, but at the building we'd leave in two separate cars yep. and meet down the street, and we didn't, you know, once we were in the strip clubs, that you're on your own then, but. Yeah, well, it's dark. Yeah, well, it's dark. <laughs> we, so. we, uh, we lived by kayfabe, man. And back then, everybody did. There was a hill bus. There was a baby face bus. That, you know, it was all like that. And I don't think it's like that anymore. It's yeah. changed. I think towards the end of uh, my time there, it changed. Because, I remember, like I said, Aaron and I were cool, and we would go separate directions. And, of course, in, in Tampa, everyone goes to Penthouse. And that was kind of like, you know, <laughs> Penthouse, Penthouse was where, like, hey, it's all. It's all in here. Is church. It's church. Yeah. Oh, they still have Dollhouse. They still have Dollhouse. Don't, don't get it twisted. A couple blocks, but Penthouse is where you went for the steaks, and they have free chicken sandwiches during the day. Oh, so okay, you know, you, after after practice, <laughs> what? It's a free sandwich, bruh. I mean, I don't know why you're laughing. Don't act like you never went there for the free sandwich because I did. Not one it, time. I've never set foot in penthouse. Not oh, well, that's your loss. That's a lie. Come on. Are you a truth teller? I will say that I've never in my life went to a strip club for the food. Oh, you've made a mistake, man. You got to go to penthouse. <laughs> Best steaks. Yeah, so the owner of penthouse owns he owns all the, the Charlie Steakhouses in Tampa, which are like these steakhouses. Yeah. So he has the same chef at penthouse. So okay. the same crew. So the the food is phenomenal. So you know, I, albeit I'm not one, and this is many many years before I was married. I'm a different man now. I've changed, but albeit it was, I never was comfortable with like I would. We would sit away. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like you don't eat your meal by the stage. That's just that's no. weird. No. But you go. We were a little different. 
Yeah, we go in the back. We go in the back. Now, I'm talking about when we were at the the Spearmint Rhino and stuff like that. Then, you know, you hope to get some egg whites or something because it's four in the morning and trying to keep it going. That's a whole different. Egg whites in a strip club? Seriously? Brother, you know what? They did have a good steak. No, the Tyrus, I know we went. No, you can order. Yeah, especially when you're in. I was a bodyguard. And when I would take my clients to Vegas, I had a hookup at Spearmint Rhino. So I would always bring my clients to Spearmint Rhino. So they would do their business and I would usually be chilling. And when you're a bodyguard, you could say things when the girl comes up to you, I'm working. And then you got them. As soon as you say I'm working, you got all the power because you not, I'm not even supposed, I'm here just because I'm on the job. So save your game. And it just, they want, then they're more attracted to you. It's like a magnet because you, you know, you're the bodyguard or whatever, but you know, and then they'd be like, Hey, you want something to eat? So they're, they take care of you. They bring you food and you know, whatever you drinks, all that stuff because you're watching some some little dude sitting down having girls pretend that they love him. So and he eats yeah. it up, you know. But whatever, he's paying. I'm not tripping. So, but yeah, Aaron, if you ever went in certain strip clubs, the food is good. And how dare you be judgmental? You never set foot in the penthouse. No, not one again? time. Wow, There's nothing else to do in Tampa, right? Florida. Yeah. But go to a <laughs> Bucks <laughs> game. Yes, sir. It's called Ebor City. And um, oh man, uh, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. The Godfather has to be exposed to this, man. But, oh, he's one of them vampire weirdos, man. No, no, no. Can we go back to the egg whites at a strip club? Now, you look steaks. I can understand that. Okay, the guy owns Charlie's. A free chicken sandwich. Okay, you know what? I'm willing to let that one in. And not you gotta have specials all. to get guys to come in the day shift, bro. But egg whites, that's such a specific thing. I don't think too many dudes like going into a strip club, number one, kind of want any kind of poultry product. But number two, like. I mean, you got to remember there was about. Separate them? Are they the liquid egg white? There was about 200 wrestlers in in that vicinity in Tampa at the time, remember? Yeah. Everybody was pretty much ordering egg whites. So, so Aaron, that's where you draw the line is egg whites, and then you're you're concerned if they're being separated at the facility or if they've come separated? Is that the. The cook isn't a stripper, Aaron. I, I can't believe you guys. Are there health issues there? Like, you know, because I mean, you've dealt with this before. As far as the cuisine. At a strip club, like, I mean, have you ever heard of that? Like a specific thing with egg whites? Bro, like I said, I ain't never went to a strip club for the food. Wanted to stay. Listen, I'm trying to stay in a happy marriage, bro. Bringing girls. I was really good at that, man. And I was like the director of pulling girls out and taking them places. But I never even thought about eating in a strip club, bro. I I was too busy doing my thing. Yeah, well, for those of us, for those of us. Yeah, as Eight far as as far as I'm a home life's concerned, I, I went there for the food. So it was I, a, a I, meal of food. My wife, my wife knows me well, so yeah. I about to not and listen. Not all of us get not all of us get to go through life, you know, getting legend deals and never being fired and having the greatest relationship in the history of man. To literally <laughs> say, "Hey, honey, you know what you should do? You should be a pimp." Like that happens never <laughs> in ninety five percent of households. You would have hey, and you are blessed. I'm. I mean. You should be in the Hall of Fame just off that, just off GP. That needs to be yeah, on your profile on Facebook or something. The, the happiest the boys, man I'm ever. Over, I'm over more with the boys than anything. Could you imagine? Now we're going back, but could you imagine every night when you come to the building, there's five or six strippers there 
that are fans of wrestlers and they've been hanging out with the Godfathers doing all kinds of stuff. I can only and dream. they're in a good mood. And every night you come into this, boy, I was so over with the boys. I was I was over like Rover, man. You would have been good. You would have been good for team morale. I gotta be honest, if the Godfather was in the building and my mask got cut at Mania, I probably would have had a better attitude. <laughs> you know, it would have been like, oh man, your mask got cut, homie. Yeah, you know, be like Instead of having, you know, setting up therapists and all that stuff for <laughs> wellness, this should have just been a little office yeah, yeah. with Godfather's hat on it, being like, having a bad day, <laughs> swing by, he'll make it. I mean, it would have been for the morale would have been phenomenal. Uh, absolutely That's a phenomenal. TV segment. That's a TV segment, guys. It writes itself right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable, you know, and, and you know what? I, we were going to talk about Elon Musk's stuff, but I have learned so much. Uh, about quite possibly the greatest off the field wrestler of all time. I mean, he literally nobody, nobody gets to walk away and walk back whenever they want to, and that yeah. that is phenomenal. Absolutely, good phenomenal. for you, buddy. you know, that's good for you. I mean, it's also because I had another business too, yeah. I could survive diversity. Without that money, that money was great, but I could survive without it. So right. it was never about the money with me. Um, you know, it was about having a good time, man. And I'm still, I ain't changed a bit, bro. No, I ain't changed a bit. <laughs> and uh, I'm getting a, like I said, we met uh, at the WrestleMania in New Orleans, and I was sitting down at the uh-huh. table. We were just shooting the stuff or whatever. And uh, I was a miserable f- then uh, <laughs> looking for the way out. But uh, that's when we had first met. And then, of course, uh, you know, you, you threw a little shade on me about that Golden State Warrior stuff. But I'm going to let it go. You know, I'm going to let it go. It's all good. Uh, game. Hey, it's all good, man. Yeah. I, I'm. Hey, I'm from the Bay Area, you know, yeah. man. I got to stick with. You hey, know. as you should, as you should. But man, I, I think it's going to go seven. I'm going to go with the the Warriors, but I think it'll go seven. Well, if it doesn't go seven, it's going to be a long ass summer. I can't. There's nothing on for a minute, so we need it to go seven because this whole. Now I don't, but that, don't get me wrong. I don't hate on the South. I'm not oh, a no. Celtic hater, nothing like that. I just. You know, I'm just going with my Bay Area team, but I ain't got nothing against. I don't even have a dog in the hunt. I'm, I don't even. My own, I have a football team that I follow, but other than that, man, I don't really, I, I like all sports. I, I follow yeah, everything. I got to keep my, you myself gotta busy. You got to sit down for a baseball game. There's a lot of baseball out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I go. I can't uh, watch baseball. Baseball is, just, baseball is too slow and too boring for oh, me. Oh, you just cut me, Godfather. You cut me. Every time I see a batter step up and they throw a pitch, and he takes his gloves off and he checks his oh. pants and then. Then they throw another ball, and he takes out. And the dude, I ain't got time. Skill for that. it I takes to take a. That'd be like I'd rather go play golf for four hours. Uh, he doesn't oh. like golf either. Wow, you know what? You just went from oh. the king of the mountain to this I guy. I didn't say that. I didn't like golf. I said I'd rather go play golf for oh. four hours. I got you. Oh, I got you. Uh, or a game of dominoes, because I know you are uh, legendary. Oh. Uh, I, that, that, I, that, that I'm good at. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's sad because when I came in, all I did was play dominoes when I was bodyguarding with Snoop and stuff. And, uh, I caught the end of that. I caught the end of the, 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 the great domino renaissance of the backstage. And the other guys were like, Oh, but I'm working on my stuff on my laptop. It's like, ah, that's not really yeah, what I bro, You would have had, you would have had so much a better time going through the attitude error and just being yourself and just, you know, we just, everything was free and easy and, we're making money. We were, we're living like rock stars, bro. You were. I mean, 1,000%. You 1,000%. And uh, it was a good time. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on today, man. It has been 
truly honored to have you. Hope we can have you back sometime, man. And uh, we learned a yes, lot. And it's please. such it's such a great for anybody out there who's young in the business who listen to this. The biggest thing I could tell you is that when you diversify, when you have ultimate more paychecks coming in, you sleep a lot better and you control a lot more of your future. So uh, don't you know? A lot of times we get in one lane and we. You know, we just want to be specialists in one field, and you are living proof, man, that when you are able you to do hustling, brother. more than one. You got to keep that hustle on. You do. You got to keep that hustle on. Always. Always hustle. All right. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean in a good way. You oh, keep I'm knowing. Hustling, yeah. Keep working hard, man. Get just. I'm in so many different things that some of them I can't say, but. Hey. Uh, enough said. Just keep working. <laughs> hey, What's that? I said enough said on that one. You ain't got to say nothing else on that one because that's. That's exactly what it, it's all about, man, is you got to – you can – all the stuff you do do, uh, a lot of wrestlers can learn from. Not just wrestlers, anybody. Uh, yeah. Because you got to you gotta have – to make paper in this day and age and to be successful, to be able to maintain things at a high level, you have to have different revenues. You have to have it. It's the only way to be to where you're not in a situation. Only, only, only thing I can say – plus – in the WWE, it's good to have good friends. Oh, yeah. You know, They're friends for life. Friends high places. Yeah. Especially, you yeah. know, and it's, and it's a friendship. Wrestling friendships are funny because you don't have to see each other every day. You know, it's like no. you can go months without seeing each other or even hearing from each other. But as soon as you come across each other, it's like you never left. And you, you're right. I see people in Vegas all the time, man. It's like, dude. I haven't seen you in 10 years. It seems like I just seen you last week. Yep. That's the beautiful thing about uh, our, our business. And I'm sure that uh, other industries have it like that. And, uh, you know, I got my great core buddies and I was uh, Fox News was nice enough to be like, hey, man, you go ahead. You can do what do you want to do for you can do any other podcast you want. I said, I just want to bring my boys on. Just just let us reminisce and have some fun. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on today, man. It's oh, really cool. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Love what you guys are doing, man. Yeah. Love what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Great to hear from you guys. All right, fellas. Uh, we, we, uh, man, that was, I did not that expect cool. that, that story to be so great. I mean, that's awesome. That's how you want to do it. If there was ever a way to do it, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, well, what did we learn today, man? What did we learn, Aaron? No, you know what? Diversify and uh, that will make you sleep better at night, really. I mean, there, there really is a lesson to be learned uh, for everybody. And, uh, Actually, you know what? We always learn something on this podcast. I think that's well, pretty thank cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, as the reigning, defending, undisputed, undefeated oh, NWA my world God. television champion and New York Times bestselling author and, uh, you know, basically uh, the backbone of the number one show on in cable TV news. Uh, you know, it's, it's what I do. I appreciate that, man. It's not, you know, you need a gesture that follows you around and just with a trumpet. So when you walk into a room, all of that yeah. can be laid out. Are you time. auditioning? Cause nah, I'll get the hell out of here. You know what? You know what? I, I would like to bring something up before we get off the air. I know a gimp. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, I know it's a to where, hey, yes, I'd love to do the podcast. It's Thursday. We're getting ready to rock. And then it's like a couple hours before. He's like, Yes, Aaron, we're going on at three. You know, I, I understand you're busy swapping recipes with Well, Geraldo for more Rivera. podcasts like this, you, just <laughs> like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. Uh, thanks so much to Trevor and Kevin yes. and Aaron. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, Aaron, yeah, please submit the rest of your question in writing. Uh, with that, <laughs> enough said. Thanks, you fellas. Deuces, I'm out.
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.